Richard Nixon. Well, I'm not a crook. Ronald Reagan. Tear down this wall. George W. Bush. I can hear you. The rest of the world hears you. And Donald Trump. And a friend of mine for a long time, he uh, only likes politics. If you ask him about how are the Yankees doing, he has no interest. If you ask him almost anything, he likes politics and he's a professional at the highest level Roger Stone. All of these presidents relied on one man to secure their seat in the Oval Office. That man is Roger Stone. This is the Roger Stone Show on 77 WABC. Welcome back. I'm Roger Stone, and you're tuned in to the Roger Stone Show here at 77 WABC. We are indeed the crown jewel of AM radio. Uh, I urge you yet again to go to the App Store and download the 77 WABC app directly to your cell phone so you don't miss any of the great programming that we have here at the most dynamic AM radio station uh, on the face of the planet. And uh, if you uh, don't live in the greater New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area where I was born and grew up, uh, you can still listen by going to WABCradio.com. We are live streaming worldwide, so there's never any excuse to miss any of the great programming right here at 77 WABC. It's the radio station that I grew up with. So uh, joining us now uh, is uh, John Guandolo. Uh, John Guandolo is a, uh, a veteran of the FBI. He's a 1989 U.S. Naval Academy graduate. Uh, he was uh, a Marine uh, infantryman and reconnaissance officer. He's a combat veteran of Desert Storm and other operations off the Bosnian coast in 1992. Uh, John Guandolo was an FBI special agent for five years in the criminal division, specifically working narcotics, uh, and then shortly after 9-11 moved over to the counterterrorism division. In 2006, uh, John Guandolo created the first training program inside the government on the Islamic movement, including Doctrine, Strategy, Network, and their uh, modus operandi. Uh, he had been uh, recruited out of the FBI in 2008 into the Department of Defense, working in the Irregular Warfare section, uh, working for Rich Higgins. Uh, he uh, became Director uh, Higgins became Director of Strategic Planning for National Security Council under President Trump. Uh, when the program that John worked on was uh, defunded under President Joe Biden, uh, he went on to create a private organization to continue to work, training and educating military, law enforcement and intelligence professionals, as well as state leaders and uh, citizens uh, about the cabal of uh, Islamic terrorists currently operating inside the United States. John Guandolo, thank you so much for joining The Roger Stone Show. Roger, it's great to be on with you. Thanks for having me. So, uh, John, uh, I first uh, became aware of you uh, a number of years ago uh, in connection with a shocking story, which I still believe to be completely accurate, uh, in which uh, you said to multiple media outlets and in a number of interviews uh, based on your very own sources uh, that CIA Director John Brennan 
uh, had in fact converted to radical Muslim. Uh, what say you? Yeah, so that story I shared uh, on an interview and was the one who broke the story because uh, Mr. Brennan, uh, it, w it was really out of the fact that Mr. Brennan, while he was in positions of authority, uh, being a counterterrorism advisor to President Obama and then the CIA director, was actually working with and helping, aiding and abetting, if I use the legal term, the material supporting uh, groups that are jihadi groups, terrorist groups, uh, under federal law. And he was going to their conferences and encouraging them and uh, helping them with government support and taxpayer money, uh, granting money, and uh, really promoting their efforts, even though at the time he was doing it, in the largest terrorism financing trial in American history, which was adjudicated in Dallas, Texas in 2008, the U.S. versus the Holy Land Foundation trial, these organizations, for instance, the Islamic Society of North America, and John Brennan spoke at their conferences and promoted their leaders, um, the, the evidence in this over a decade long investigation by the FBI, uh, the massive amount of evidence that the government has revealed that the Islamic Society of North America is not only a Muslim Brotherhood organization whose objective is to overthrow the U.S. government, but that they directly fund the terrorist group Hamas. And despite that, Mr. Brennan was uh, promoting these groups. And so uh, I had some folks that were in Saudi Arabia when uh, Mr. Brennan was the uh, chief of station for the CIA, and he was converted. And he didn't just convert to Islam, he was converted by members of the intelligence community and the leadership of Saudi Arabia. So my point was, it is an, it's a national security matter. And the fact that um, I was blasted, as you well know, by the media for, you know, saying such a thing, I mean, they still use it against me, except now they have to deal with the fact that people in the CIA, including another station chief, Brad Johnson, after he retired, went on national media shows and said, yes, it was well known in the agency that John Brennan converted uh, to Islam. So it wasn't even a big deal. Uh, as, I re as I recall, he, he actually converted to Wahhabism, which is a particularly uh, uh, virulent strain uh, of, uh, of, uh, uh, of Islam. It is interesting uh, that Brennan makes no bones about being a former communist, said he voted for the Communist Party candidate for president. Uh, he also, as the station chief in Rida, this has been confirmed, he approved the visas for four of the men who uh, hijacked planes uh, that uh, hit the World Trade Center on 9-11. Yet, uh, if you criticize him, and I have, when I criticized him, the judge in my case threatened to throw me in jail. You can't, you can't criticize John Brennan. I don't, I don't quite understand this. Right, and what's important, I think if there's a really key point because i'm i think this discussion is just a pathway to the bigger point and that is mr brennan is smack dab in the middle of a lot of what's going on right now with both the communist and jihadi movements in the united states and that uh, you know uh, creating the brennan center 
and basically targeting people like you and me who speak truth about these specific issues and advancing and providing uh, assistance and paving the way and opening doors for uh, jihadis, what U.S. law would call terrorists, and uh, members of the, the communist movement here in the United States. And that's, uh, we've done quite a bit of work, I've done quite a bit of work in uh, uh, putting out the evidence on that, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter, because as you have discussed in, in what I think is great detail, you know, the Department of Justice certainly isn't going to go after a John Brennan, because he's part of their club. He's, well, uh, he, he certainly skated. Uh, he certainly skated uh, in the Durham report because uh, it's very clear that he was among those who was fully aware of the fact that the so-called Steele dossier was a fraud. Uh, the FBI knew that. Andrew Weissman, the the Mueller prosecutor, formerly general counsel of the FBI, he knew it as well. They all knew it. That's why I said in the opening that the Russian collusion hoax was the greatest single dirty trick uh, in American politics. And it's very clear that this is a plot that was hatched in the Oval Office that Obama knew, Vice President Joe Biden knew, uh, National Security Advisor Susan Rice knew, FBI Director uh, 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 James Comey knew, John Brennan was a cheerleader for it on MSNBC every chance he got. They knew there was no Russian collusion between uh, the Russian intelligence agencies and Donald Trump's campaign, but they tried to use what they knew was fabricated evidence to illegitimately and illegally not only make a presentation to the FISA court to get uh, warrants to spy on Trump's associates and Trump himself, uh, but uh, while Mr. Durham took five long years to finally issue a final report telling us there was no Russian collusion, special counsel Jack Smith actually wanted to try Donald Trump right in January, this just past January, for an indictment late last year. So the system can move very quickly when it wants to, but the system can also move at a snail's pace. How ironic that the five years that special counsel John Durham took to investigate the Russian collusion hoax and ultimately tell us there was no evidence of Russian collusion uh, took exactly as long as the statute of limitations so that Hillary Clinton uh, and Jake Sullivan and John Podesta and Barack Obama and Joe Biden and Susan Rice and the entire cabal completely avoid prosecution. Uh, it's really quite extraordinary. It is, and I think it goes to the the quite frankly, the topic of our discussion today, which is how deeply is the, the government penetrated, and uh, not just by terrorists, by jihadis, uh, but by others, uh, communists and others uh, who are not necessarily ideologically aligned with these uh, movements, the Islamic movement, the communist movement, but people who seek to undermine the constitutional republic. And you've got the number of people that are in the government uh, who are part of these movements or collaborating with these movements is significant to the point I would say, and, and uh, I would say this has been true uh, for several years, is that the key components of the government, be it the Agriculture Department, the Health and Human Services, State Department, Treasury, the National Security Staffs, the key intelligence agencies are controlled by these people. 
And as we have, uh, in the last 10 years, uh, and even in the early and mid-2000s after 9-11, when I was asked to quietly go up on Capitol Hill and brief people, and then when I was in the DOD, we were doing direct briefings with senior leaders, former CIA, FBI, DOD, or DIA directors, um, uh, former attorney generals, national security advisors, and they were truly shocked uh, at the level of penetration back then and how well coordinated these movements are. Uh, and that's the thing that I think is shocking when I speak to either am training military, law enforcement, federal agencies. Um, and really, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not allowed to train federal agencies now, but I do run programs where individuals who are FBI, Border Patrol, DEA, will be in the classes. And they're shocked. Uh, but we get a lot of Joint Terrorism Task Force uh, officers and analysts who say, you know, I've been doing this eight years. I've never heard any of the information you're presenting, and yet this information is critical to doing our jobs. And that right there is the point. Because when you look at, you know, when I was in the FBI, I wasn't allowed to go to the fourth floor where the linguists were because they said I was offending them with the work I was doing by investigating terrorists. That's in the FBI Washington field office. Uh, it's the same. Inside these, I don't think people understand. People get that there's a problem. It is so much worse than people understand. And when you look at individuals, uh, I've, you, you and I have talked before, but about guys like Abdurrahman Alamudi, who was the advisor to President Clinton, was in the White House more than any other Muslim, founded almost two dozen of the largest Muslim organizations in North America, was a goodwill ambassador for the State Department. He created the Muslim chaplain program in the Department of Defense, and yet he was the single most important financial courier for al-Qaeda and a senior Hamas Muslim Brotherhood leader in North America. And he got sentenced in 2004 to 23 years in federal prison. And yet, Secret Service vetting, FBI vetting, they all said he was okay. And you've got guys like, you know, an ISIS commander getting trained by State Department five times on weapons and tactics in the United States. And State Department just shrugs. Yeah, well, we vetted him. So what do you want from us? And nobody's going to jail for this. Of course they're not. Nobody's getting fired. Nothing. The, the federal government is catastrophically broken, and it is not going to get fixed in the next election cycle. And this is what people need to truly understand, that the, the work that my colleagues and I have been doing has been focused on the local level, the county level, because when we train counties and leaders in counties – be they just citizens or citizens and local officials and the sheriff, and they're all on board. You can literally clear these people out of your county once you understand who they are and where they are. But at the federal level, the penetration is so great. I give one more example, and then I'll let you uh, bat around the questions. But, you know, Mohammed Majid is a commissioner appointed by Mr. Biden by the White House to be a commissioner on the U.S. Council of International Religious Freedom, and he was the leader 
He was the president and vice president of the single largest at the time Muslim Brotherhood organization in North America, Hamas organization, the Islamic Society of North America. And he's the, still the executive director of the Adams Center in Sterling, Virginia, which is a Muslim Brotherhood organization, Hamas organization. And he's welcomed with open arms all across the, uh, you know, the Washington, D.C. community, the State Department, all this stuff. So the level of penetration of terrorists, al-Qaeda, ISIS, Hamas, Hezbollah, that are inside and have been inside the government is, is, is shocking. And we're not even talking about other hostile movements like the communist movement and things like that. Folks, if you're just uh, tuning in, I'm Roger Stone. We're here with former FBI uh, agent and counterterrorism uh, expert John Guandolo. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. Now, here's Roger Stone. Thanks for tuning in. We're back on the Roger Stone Show. I'm talking to John Guandolo, uh, a 1989 U.S. Naval Academy graduate, uh, a, a proud uh, veteran who served with distinction uh, in Desert Storm as a Marine Infantry and Reconnaissance Officer, then uh, an FBI agent, uh, later uh, within the FBI, an expert on counterterrorism. He joins us now uh, to discuss uh, the simple question of how deeply have Islamic terrorists uh, infiltrated uh, our country? Uh, we talked about this the other day, John. It seems to me that People uh, in the national security apparatus specifically uh, tasked uh, with uh, relations with Iran, this fellow Robert Malley, a woman who works for her, Malley had his, uh, his security clearance recently yanked, although the administration doesn't tell us why. This, I think, may be the greatest spy scandal since uh, Alger Hiss. It is, it is amazing. So uh, Ariane Tabatabai was the chief of staff for ASD Solik, and so and she was an Iranian, is an Iranian agent who reported directly to a senior IRGC or Iranian uh, Revolutionary Guard Corps uh, officer as her primary point of contact. Uh, and what I think is amazing is for people that don't understand, ASD Solik, the Assistant Secretary of Defense for Special Operations and Low Intensity Conflict. She was the chief of staff, and that means for all special operations in the Department of Defense, uh, ASD Solik has an input on uh, training, policy, preparations, operations, uh, and execution of operations. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. Like, that is a significant penetration. But I go back to not only the examples before, but what what does this penetration mean? How does somebody like this pass security clearances and vetting processes in the government? And all I'm saying is the vetting process in the U.S. government is broken. It's non-existent. And more importantly, the U.S. government does not have a viable counterintelligence apparatus. It doesn't exist. And, and for people at home that are like, well, I have a friend, and he works CIA and the, uh, counterintelligence and the FBI, or I have a friend, and they're in the CIA, they're broken. It's broken. And I'll just let me give me 45 seconds to drop some uh, proverbial you-know-what's in the punch bowl is 
you know, the CIA was doing, putting young case officers in places like Pakistan, which is hostile, and Saudi Arabia, not an ally of the United States, hostile, in true name to be liaisons between the CIA and the host intelligence community. So that means that person can never do real covert counterintelligence ever, ever. That's just number one. Number two, if you're a Cuban or Venezuelan or Chinese intelligence officer, first of all, your intelligence agency doesn't, like the CIA and the FBI, recruit people on the World Wide Web. It's unprofessional. You recruit people by identifying people who are the kind of people you need, and then you go after them, and you recruit them individually. When you open the door to mass people, this is why we've had jihadis become FBI agents, and some have been stopped somewhere in the process, but some have not. And that's why when you just open the gate and say, hey, apply, and if 100 turds apply, we'll take the top three turds that apply. That's no way to run a law enforcement or intelligence agency. So these organizations, Chinese intelligence, they have multiple years that they train their people before they ever and then go through a whole nother layer with language training and specialty training before they ever walk into a first world country like the United States or uh, let's say some European capital. They're working in the third world first. They have, they have all this whole protocol of how they do it. In the FBI, for instance, you go through a four-week class and you get your counterintelligence certification. I mean, this is it's childish. It's unprofessional. It's juvenile. So we do not have in America a functioning counterintelligence apparatus, which is why these things are happening. To me, that's the bigger story. This is, every time this happens, you hear people in Congress ringing the bell. Oh, we're going to hold hearings. Well, what's come out of a hearing in the last 15 years? Jack, nothing. Nobody's held accountable. Nobody's executed for treason. Nobody goes to jail. Nobody's fired who was supposed to be vetting these people. So there's no accountability. That's why I say the federal government is not going to write itself. And the, you could get the best five people in the next administration or 100 people, but it's the components of the government that are corrupted. And this is going to take, if it's possible, it's going to take a massive uh, undertaking to root out the people that are adversaries of liberty inside these components of government. And that's why I say this. The only way this gets fixed is by local communities getting trained in how to find the organizations and individuals who are part of the communist movement, the Islamic movement, their collaborators and financiers, flush them out of the county. So county by county, you're building a fortified area within your state. And I've been doing this now for quite a number of years, and it's working. And uh, in the last five years, we've really seen it taking off. But it's a slow, this is work. This is real work at the ground level. Well, it's also, as you know, extraordinarily uh, controversial. I mean, uh, local law enforcement in the county that I live in, uh, the largest sheriff's office in the state, uh, the number two official is uh, Islamic and belongs to a, a mosque, is associated with care. Um, if I criticized him, I'd be criticized. Uh, on the other hand, that does not make me 
terribly comfortable. Uh, to what extent do you think these movements have infiltrated local local law enforcement? Uh, significantly. And the, this is important maybe to, to just share this for the purpose of the audience, is that the reason that uh, I have focused and, and my organizations have focused on the Islamic and the communist movement, the jihadi movement and the communist movement, is because where the rubber meets the road in anywhere USA, that is who's actually getting it done. So, yeah, when people ask, what about the U.N. or what about the World Economic Forum? Of course, those are adversaries of liberty. But what can you as a citizen do about the World Economic Forum or the U.N.? And the answer is not much. What we, well, when I train people, what we show them is where their tentacles touch your community through the banking system, through, you know, the Google classrooms and other things. Then we can show you here's, here's things you can do. The, the penetration at the local level is significant, and the sharpest end of the spear of this cabal, communist movement, Islamic movement, their collaborators and financiers, is through the interfaith outreach. And uh, let me make this statement before I go any farther. 100% of interfaith outreach in the United States is controlled by the Muslim Brotherhood when uh, Muslim agencies or organizations are involved 100 percent it's unequivocal and so at the local level if you don't know how to how to identify the organizations and leaders and flush them out uh you're not going to be successful and it is very helpful if your sheriff's office actually knows this and is willing to do something all right. Unfortunately, we are out of time. Let me thank my guest, the former FBI uh, agent and counterterrorism expert, John Guandolo. I'm Roger Stone. Stay tuned for my good friend, Joe Piscopo, who's coming right along with Sundays on Sinatra. And thanks for joining us at 77 WABC on The Roger Stone Show. God bless you and Godspeed.